Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is January 20th, 2022, and our first story, Joe Biden is slammed after claiming the midterm elections will be illegitimate due to losing their voter overhaul bill in Congress. The White House panics, backtracks, but then Kamala Harris doubles down. Funny, the Democrats claiming an upcoming election will be illegitimate questions the previous election that didn't have these vote reforms. In our next story, Joe Biden and the Democrats lose their filibuster fight and they lose their voter overhaul package. And finally, In the UK, COVID restrictions are done. And of course, many of those vaccinated are outraged by this. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars and a great comment. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Everybody's favorite president, Joe Biden, is at it again. This time, questioning the legitimacy of the upcoming midterm election because Democrats' voter suppression bill has failed. I can already hear these scowls and anger from people who are mad that I called it a voter suppression bill. But I do it to make a point. When the media calls it a voting rights bill, that's not true either. Calling it a voter suppression bill is only technically true as well. But it's a game, isn't it? The media will tell you a positive thing about what the Democrats are doing and then claim Republicans are obstructing it. Then Joe Biden gets to come out and Kamala Harris questioning the legitimacy of our elections because they failed. Meanwhile, YouTube and other big tech platforms will ban you for questioning the election. Never mind that Democrats claimed Donald Trump's presidency was illegitimate and used the power of the federal government to go after him, claiming he was colluding with Russia. The double standards are palpable. But the reality is the voter, uh, what's, what's, a, what's a good way to describe it? The overhaul, the, the election overhaul bill fails, mostly because the Democrats couldn't get past a filibuster. It is true that there are some things in their voter bill that probably are good things that I agree with. But there are some things I completely disagree with. And that's the annoying thing here. When the media just frames it as a voter rights bill to to strengthen the election, make it easier for people to vote, they completely ignore things in it that could make our elections less secure. And thus, if you are encouraging people to believe that there is less security, 
Maybe it's maybe that's a mouthful. If you're telling people that we're taking away security provisions and potentially violating the Constitution and they lose faith in the election, you are suppressing the vote. I've said the same thing about what Donald Trump has done. When he comes out and claims fraud, he is convincing people not to vote. And other Trump supporters and former Trump supporters have pointed out the same thing. But here we go. In a marathon press conference, as it was described by CNN, Joe Biden answered a lot of questions. And to his, to, to, uh, to, given the respect he deserves, he did. It's kind of bad. You know, Joe Biden did go for, I think it was 112 minutes. And he said many things which were kind of disastrous. For one thing, he muttered and mumbled and confused a lot of people. He effectively invited Russia to invade Ukraine. And now Ukrainian officials are freaking out. And he questioned the legitimacy of our elections because the Democrats are losing. They want to change the rules of the election. While Chuck Schumer in the past have, has criticized changing of the rules midstream. And some Democrats have warned if we don't get this voting rights bill through, we will lose in the midterms. But Democrats, every poll is basically showing you should lose in the midterms. So is that it? They want to change the rules because they know they're going to lose and they need advantages. I don't trust you. I don't trust them. And why is it that every single election we have, they say we need more voting rights. Voting should not be the easiest thing in the world. In some areas, it should be easier. In some ways, it should be hard. Voting is a responsibility. It can be dangerous if you make the wrong choice. But people have a right to vote. We shouldn't just make it insecure. We shouldn't just make it that people can stumble, trip and fall and slap a vote. There should be some work involved in you going about voting. I'm fairly middle of the road on all this stuff, but I can tell you where my real criticism lies. What, what really bothers me is the double standard in the media praising, defending the lies for five, six, seven years and big tech censoring those who would question the election after Democrats did the exact same thing. I, 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 I'm not a fan. I think that's a big problem for us. But to be fair, even CNN is slamming Joe Biden for saying this. Jen Psaki comes out and says, no, 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 Joe Biden's not questioning the integrity of the elections. And then Kamala Harris comes out and goes, yes, he is. Amazing, isn't it? Well, let's read the news. We'll break down what's going on with Joe Biden's press conference and what he said about the legitimacy of our elections. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. If you like the videos I make, if you want to help support our journalists, and if you want to get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast, go to TimCast.com, become a member. We really do rely on your support to make all of this keep happening. If you think we're doing a good job, if you think the work we do is important, we simply ask that you sign up to be a member to help support that work. But don't forget, you can also like this video right now, subscribe to this channel, and share this video anywhere you can, be it Facebook, Twitter, Gab, Getter, Minds, whatever, Instagram even. We don't have that big marketing budget of CNN and these other big news channels, but we do have you guys. It's all grassroots. It's all organic. If you believe in spreading this information, then we need your help. Take two seconds. Just share that video. Now, let's get into the big news from the BBC. Now, I chose the BBC as a foreign outlet on purpose because they've done something interesting with framing. The BBC says Biden questions if U.S. midterm elections will be legit. U.S. President Joe Biden has suggested the 2022 midterm elections could be illegitimate as his plan to overhaul the voting system was blocked. Right there. 
The BBC called it overhauling the voting system. I respect that. I appreciate that. CNN and even the Daily Mail, which is based in the UK, call it the voting rights bill being, you know, being knocked down. It's not a voting rights bill. No, it's a voting. It's overhauling the voting system. That's the best way to put it. In some ways, it will suppress the vote. In some ways, it will expand the vote. But it's an overhaul of the system. The BBC goes on. In a White House news conference, he argued voting integrity hinged on his bid to enact the most sweeping changes to the U.S. elections in a generation. He also conceded shortcomings on COVID testing and messaging, but pledged it will get better. For the first time, he vowed to retain Kamala Harris as his 2024 running mate. In his second ever solo White House press conference on Wednesday, Biden was asked if November's congressional elections would be legitimate if he could not pass his voting plans. Quote, it all depends on whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try and alter the outcome of the election, he said, referring to stricter voting rules enacted by Republican state houses. I'm not saying it's going to be legit, Mr. Biden said when asked about the possibility of fraud in the forthcoming elections that will decide the balance of the power in Washington. The increase in the prospect of being illegitimate is in direct proportion to us not being able to get these reforms passed. The president continued. Members of his own party quickly pushed back against the suggestion. Maryland Senator Ben Cardin said new Republican state voting laws were very troublesome, but he added Mr. Biden's remarks. I don't know if I'd use those terms. This is Joe Biden's big lie. This is Kamala Harris's big lie that they have to overhaul the voter system. Otherwise, it will be illegitimate. I have never said Donald Trump won the election due to fraud. I have said that Bill Barr came out in the AP claiming there was fraud. That doesn't sound unreasonable to me. But where are the cyber ninjas now? Where, where is all of this proof of, of voter fraud in 2020? I certainly respect the claims that people can make, but I certainly require the evidence. For whatever reason, I've not seen it. I've seen some evidence of some fraud enough to change the election. Honestly, no. Things that I find suspect or questionable, yes. Evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, none. And where are the auditors? Now you're going to sit here and tell me that Joe Biden gets to get, get away with saying the exact same thing? Look, I don't think any electoral system can be 100% secure. That's absurd. Absolutism, not likely. Fraud? Yeah, it probably exists in many areas. Has anyone come out and proven that Donald Trump won? There's a lot of people who believe they did. Unfortunately, even when it comes to, you know, uh, some of the most prominent voices that I've interviewed, they've shown me things that I think are questionable. And then they disappear. No, no court cases. And I'm talking about after the fact, not the not 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 the, the court cases that were dismissed without a, a, a look at the merits by the judges. I'm talking about after the fact. And now I was talking, we, we, you know, we were talking to someone the other day, Jason Miller, by all means, criticize him on Getter. But I, I, I was talking to him. I don't think this came up on the show. But he said the firm that was investigating, it's gone. So I don't know what to tell you guys in that capacity. If I don't have evidence, I can't say anything. Joe Biden's got the nerve to come out and say this. And where, where's YouTube? Where are the big tech firms come out and be like, no, 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 Joe Biden. You can't go around saying this. Doesn't exist. Now, here's where it gets fun. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online. 
and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. First, let me show you the bill they want to put forward and break down for you my critiques of this bill and my critiques of the claim that it is voting rights. This is the Freedom to Vote Act to expand Americans access to the ballot box and reduce the influence of big money in politics and for other purposes. You know, it's a bit of a verbose bill. There's a lot in here. Automatic voter registration. I actually have no problem with that. There are some questions that can be brought up. First, let me ask, why aren't we able to just vote based off, you know, going to the DMV and getting our license, right? So automatic voter registration makes sense in certain circumstances. However, I think there is an interesting question about creating a simple barrier to make sure those that truly want to vote are willing to take the steps to uphold the responsibility of the vote. That is to say, some random person who, yes, has the right to vote, shouldn't blindly stumble into a room to buy scratchers or a Slurpee and then be like, I guess I'll vote, stamp, because that negates the vote of those who are engaging in civic responsibility. To put it simply, everyone has the right to vote. I think it should be in many ways easier to vote, but we need to make sure that those who are voting want to and know what they're voting for. Granted, my opinion on why you vote, who you vote for, is irrelevant. I only ask that we actually have people be aware of what they're engaging in. They're going to mention election day as a legal public holiday. I actually agree with this. Promoting internet registration, I completely disagree with. Same day voter registration, I completely disagree with. Streamline voter registration, information, access, and privacy. The privacy stuff I agree with, I don't agree necessarily with this entirely. The point is, I'm not going to go through the entirety of the bill and read every provision. Suffice to say, there are some things that I think are actually good. I think that's fair. That makes it better. Early voting? Wrong. I disagree with. Voting by mail? Wrong. I disagree with. Absentee voting, I think, is fine. But we need responsibility in voting. And early voting, in my opinion, and vote by mail violates the Constitution, at least when it comes to some federal elections, namely the president. From Cornell Law School, Two, U.S. Code 7, time of election. The Tuesday next after the first Monday in November and and every even numbered year is established as the day of the election in each of the states and territories of the U.S. of representatives and delegates to the Congress commencing on the third day of January thereafter. The point is, we can can argue the nuance. We can argue the Constitution. The fact that Democrats are trying to make it of election month, no. Public holiday, yes. People should be registered when they go to the DMV to get their IDs. Boom. And that means early registration. You can register under the age of 18. Another thing the bill does, I agree with. You can't vote, but you can be, you know, under 16 when you register. And then when you turn 18, you can go vote. That's a good thing. But it has to be election day. You can't change the Constitution unless you amend it. 
And you don't get to change all the rules with only 50 people in Congress. That's what they're trying to do. I do not agree with this. Well, surprise, surprise. CNN hosts slam Biden for suggesting elections might be illegitimate if his voting agenda is not passed. Multiple CNN hosts. Hey, respect to these hosts for doing this. Slammed Joe Biden on Wednesday after Biden said during his first press conference in months that elections might be illegitimate. A reporter asked Biden, speaking of voter rights, this we know. Later in the press conference, a second reporter brought up the issue again and sought clarification. I just wanted to clarify a moment ago, you were asked whether or not you believe we would have free and fair elections in 2022 if some of these state legislatures reformed their voting protocols. You said that it depends. Can I just explain simple logic to people who don't understand? If Joe Biden right now is saying the elections coming up are not legitimate unless these changes go into play, these changes weren't in play in 2020. And Joe Biden is effectively saying the past election was not legitimate. Donald Trump actually came out and said, yeah, you see, Joe Biden's right. Remarkable. This imbecile of a man in the presidency. When he was asked if he thought that could be the case, the upcoming midterms, he said, yes, yes, we read all that stuff. John King, it's striking to hear an American president not named Donald Trump raise questions, Jake Tapper. And quite strikingly, the president said the upcoming midterms might not be legitimate. Dana Bash. CNN? Wow. Joe, you've lost the plot. And it's remarkable because we actually have people questioning the, 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 the mental acuity of the president in this, this uh, press conference. We'll get to that, though, because I want to I walk you through this. We get Jen Psaki coming out and saying, let's be clear, POTUS was not casting doubt on the legitimacy of the 2022 election. He was making the opposite point. In 2020, a record number of voters turned out in the face of a pandemic and election officials made sure they could vote and have those votes counted. He was explaining that the results would be illegitimate if states do what the former president asked them to do after the 2020 election, toss out ballots and overturn results after the fact. I hate, hate this. I despise Jen Psaki. Joe Biden overtly questioned the integrity of the past election and this election and despicable scumbags like Psaki come out and just invert what was said. Do you think we're stupid? Yeah, apparently they do. And unfortunately, a lot of a lot of people are. You can just come out and say, Joe misspoke. He shouldn't have said that. We're sorry. You know, Joe, he could come out and say, you know what? Maybe I didn't give a didn't explain this properly. I shouldn't have said that. I hope people retain their faith in the elections. And we think it's going to be important that you go out and vote. Jen Psaki says, no, no, we're blaming Trump. He's blaming Trump the whole time. You want to know why you're so stupid, Jen? You want to know why this is so stupid? Now, now, hold on. I know it's frustrating. I just can't stand the lying. But I got to give respect to the gall that Jen Psaki has to willfully go out and lie in such a manner all the time, every day, to cover up for crackpot senile Joe Biden. It's respectable in that she's doing her job and doing it very well. But we are not stupid people. So spare us. From the New York Post, Harris doubles down on Biden's doubt about legitimacy of 2022 elections. Oh. Oh, thanks, Jen. Thanks. Are you going to come out and issue a statement now about Kamala Harris, too? What a stupid world we live in. I can't stand any of these people. The New York Post reports 
Vice President Kamala Harris doubled down on uh, Thursday on President Biden's eyebrow raising comments questioning the legitimacy of the midterms. In an interview with NBC's Today host Savannah Guthrie said it was astonishing to hear Biden's remarks. Quote, the president has been consistent on this issue, Harris said, noting Senate, Senate Democrats failure to approve the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act and the Freedom to Vote Act Wednesday evening as she affirmed Biden's comments. Democrats contend the measures are needed to counter legislation, blah, blah, blah. We get it. I think I think it easily could be illegitimate to the president. I'm not saying it's going to be legit. Harris further fanned the flames Thursday morning, implying that the next election result could be called into question following a contentious exchange with Guthrie. If I may finish. So what we're looking at and the, and the topic of so much debate last night was that we as America cannot afford to allow this blatant erosion of our democracy and in particular, the right of all Americans who are eligible to vote to have access to the ballot unfettered. That is the topic of our conversation. Whether Americans with disabilities have the opportunity to vote by mail, whether a single parent has the opportunity with three kids. You mean to say that there is a potential that people with disabilities weren't able to vote? Maybe they would vote in 2020. Maybe they would have voted for Trump. These people are duplicitous. They are evil. Big tech is evil. They suppress our right to express our opinions while they themselves go out and say the same stupid talking points. Kamala Harris saying right now that we need to enhance the right of people with disabilities to vote questions the 2020 election. Because if she's saying it could be illegitimate and so is Joe Biden, what does that say of the past elections that did not have these provisions in play? You ignorant, deceitful fools. I can't stand the lying. Let me finish. Touchy Kamala snaps at Savannah Guthrie and suggests midterms will now be unfair. Oh, jeez, man. It's the lies and the manipulations of, of the establishment. I think... I think it's fair to say that there is a both sides things uh, that occurs. You know, you've got Republicans, the established Republicans, they, they do this. You know what I mean? You've got the left claiming illegitimacy, the right claiming illegitimacy. But to be fair, the right simply saying, look what they did with Trump and Russia. And I go, well, it's true. They did do that. Then they say, yeah, well, you can't question the election because we won. And I say, sure, fine, whatever. Then they come out and question the election. Sure. From the independent. Joe Biden shrugs off question on mental fitness from Newsmax reporter. Joe Biden's brain doesn't work. Fact. Independent says President Joe Biden shrugged off a right wing television reporter's question about a recent poll showing that many Americans are questioning whether he is mentally sharp enough to be president. It's funny. Newsmax is like, there's a poll here. It says Americans think your brain don't work. And then the independent is like right wing journalist. It was a poll. Sure. Speaking at a second White House press conference since taking office on Wednesday, wow, Mr. Biden was asked by Newsmax White House reporter James Rosen about a recent poll conducted by Politico, which found 48% of respondents disagreeing with the statement Joe Biden is mentally fit. In response, Mr. Biden quipped that he would let the press corps make the judgment of whether they're correct. He said, I have no idea. I love this. Pressed further on why such large segments of the American electorate would harbor such concerns, Mr. Biden replied, I have no idea which, to be completely honest, is the correct answer. Joe Biden does have no idea. He ain't all with it. He could have said something like, look, there's been a lot of reports in the press. They've taken things I've said, pulled clips from comments where I've maybe stuttered or stammered or forgot what I was saying. And because of that, they're questioning my cognitive faculties. You could do that to a lot of people, to be honest. I mean, I've misspoken many times. I've said, um, ah, ooh, ah, ee. Joe Biden could have answered that way. But the reality is he has no idea. Because he really doesn't. 
And what I mean is I'm not saying that the answer was him going, oh, I'm stupid. When he says he has no idea, it's because he doesn't watch the news. He doesn't know what people are saying. He's not tuned in to what's going on. Mr. Rosen, a former Fox News reporter, joined Newsmax earlier this year. He replaced Emerald Robinson, blah, blah. I don't care why, why he works for Newsmax or where he works. It's irrelevant to me. Fox News. Biden's answers were foggy at times, like Reagan at the end of his presidency, CNN's Van Jones says. Whoa. You guys know that Reagan's brain stopped working at the end of his presidency, right? And Van Jones of CNN is pointing out, it seems like Biden is on the same path. Yo, he's the oldest president we've ever had, I'm pretty sure. Biden's press conference was criticized by conservatives who also found some of his answers confusing and divisive. Jones addressed Biden's response to a reporter, a reporter's question on whether he will ask Vice President Harris to be his running mate. The president was also asked if he was pleased with the performance. Biden was succinct with his answer and responded yes and yes. Jones said the response seemed to draw attention due to the fact that so many previous answers were foggy and meandering. You could be a foggy, meandering president, say Reagan, near the end if you're winning. But if you're foggy and meandering on key questions and you're also not winning, then you've got a real problem. Bravo, Van Jones. Wow. I mean, I'm surprised CNN's bringing this up, but I think it's obvious. When public sentiment shifts on Joe Biden, CNN knows who butters their bread. And they're like, no point in supporting a guy nobody likes, right? So here it is. Now, Biden does have supporters defending him, but sure, I don't care about that. The fact of the matter is Biden is out of it. From Newsweek, Joe Biden's six biggest failures during his first year at presidency. His six biggest failures. I want to read this for you, but I want to show you this first from TimCast.com. Watch. Democrats release video narrated by Tom Hanks on anniversary of Biden inauguration. The Democratic Party released a video narrated by actor Tom Hanks to mark the one-year anniversary of the inauguration of Joe Biden as the 46th president. It was amazing. It was like a campaign ad. It was like, America is doing better than ever. There's more jobs and the economy is booming. And Joe Biden's like, never, never believe America's going to fail. And Tom Hanks is like, we can do it. And I'm just like, yo, Joe Biden's not campaigning yet. Do you really need this ad to convince people? You do. Part of me feel ba- felt bad when I started bringing this up. When, when, when I was looking at this article, I was like, I'm going to bring this up and question this. Because you know what? We do need optimism. People do need to hear that things can be and are getting better. And I hate to be Debbie Downer to come out and say, the economy isn't going to be improving. I just don't think so. In some ways it is. And it's fine to, to point those things out. I don't want to rain on someone's parade, but I don't like the lies. And if we believe the lies and Joe Biden gets reelected, it will be so much worse. It's bad enough. We don't need Tom Hanks coming out and blowing smoke up our arse. We don't need it. But here we are. The reality is things are pretty bad in a lot of ways. And it needs to stop. Joe Biden needs to stop. We need new leadership. It ain't going to be Kamala Harris. It ain't going to be Joe Biden. I don't know who's going to be able to handle it. Maybe it's Trump. Maybe it's DeSantis. But at the same day that we see this video from Tom Hanks and the Democrats saying, it's going great. Newsweek says the six biggest failures failed to build back better. Well, that's not necessarily on the, uh, on the Democrats uh, that they failed to do this. The Republicans rejected it. And so, you know, there you go. 
stalled voting legislation. Is that good? Failure to cancel student debt. Was that good for him? COVID mismanagement. Bad for everybody. Record inflation. Is it really going better in this country? Immigration debacles and remain in Mexico. So the immigration thing is, is, is a problem we're all experiencing. Inflation is a problem we're all experiencing. COVID mismanagement is, a dire- is the direct fault of Joe Biden. I'll point those out and say, don't you come to me and say it's getting better. Inflation's through the roof. The M1 money stock shows how insane everything's getting. The border is in complete disarray. Canceling student debt? Yeah, Biden could have done that. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Not that I completely agree with it, but that's a failure on Joe Biden's part. Stalled voting legislation, I don't agree with. I'm not going to blame them for not getting that through, but it is a failure on the Biden administration. But it's a political battle. These other issues are Joe Biden could have done something he didn't do and he screwed it up. This one is we're debating the issue. I'm not going to blame Biden for having a bad idea and him losing on it. The Build Back Better Act, once again, a bad idea and he lost on it. Joe Biden's first year has been a disaster. We've got more COVID cases than last year, more COVID deaths than last year. We've got record inflation. We've got stagnant, a stagnant economy and jobs. And it's under Joe Biden. Now, by all means, please blame the pandemic. I don't think Joe Biden's responsible for literally everything. He's not, he's not the reason the clouds came and it rained. He's the reason why there's inflation, though. At the very least, the desperate attempts from Democrats pushing this stuff has resulted in things just getting worse. They need to just stop. I firmly believe the economy would be better off if Democrats backed off and shut up. It's not just Biden. It's the Democratic governors. It's the counties. It's the lockdowns. It's the mandates. We know it's destroying the economy. Maybe if Joe Biden was a strong leader, he'd come out and he'd say to my fellow Democrats in our most populous states, it's time to end the restrictions and the lockdowns and get people back to work. That would be leadership. He didn't do that. He does nothing. In fact, if anything, he calls for more lockdowns and more restrictions. So you know what? There you go, buddy. It's all on you. Let you reap what you have sown. I got to give a shout out to CNN. First, we have Yamish Alsendor of PBS saying President Biden in the longest news conference in presidential history made news pushed back on critics, called out lies, took responsibility for mistakes he believes he made, expressed surprise at GOP, talked foreign policy and didn't lash out on reporters. Quite the change. Yes, yes, yes. Praise him. You're allowed to, madam. You like Joe Biden. That's fine. But the reality is that Joe Biden also stuttered, stammered and said really dumb things, invited an invasion of Ukraine. And I'll get to that in a second. But we have this from Brian Stelter. I actually respect this post from Brian Stelter. He didn't just come out and say, Joe Biden's the best. He said, for the let Biden be Biden believers, 
Walter Shapiro welcomed the president's unplugged behavior. For frustrated Dems, the Washington Post said Biden shifts tone. For the Biden foreign policy skeptics, his remark about Russia and Ukraine, specifically his minor incursion comment, comment sparked follow-ups and clarifications. For casual news consumers who are tired of COVID, are, who are unsure about what's coming, Biden said into, uh, in his intro, some people will call it a new normal. I call it a job not yet finished. I don't think people are happy with this stuff. For the Fox base, Peter Ducey asked Biden why he's pulling the country far to the left. For the Biden is senile crowd. Well, a nearly two hour long Q&A is itself a response. Yeah, it was not good. But, you know, to be honest, respect for Biden for going for two hours. For the false equivalency haters, Biden invoked MSNBC and Fox. For the far right, James Rosen raised a delicate subject of Biden's mental acuity. I got to say, I like that Brian Seltzer went out and said, here's all of the criticisms that people have about him and then pointed out how people would feel. Basically, everyone is going to be pissed off. That's how bad it is. Yikes, man. I love the false equivalency haters. So this is Brian Seltzer being like, I think everybody's kind of going to be mad. Like, if you think Biden's senile, well, he went for two hours. So there's something for you to be grumbling about. No, you can't say that. Uh, you get the point. I can respect that. But here's the biggest issue for me. I don't like war. I want the United States to mind its own business and not be the world police. An American empire may be uh, done. From the Daily Mail, it gives Putin the green light. Furious Ukraine officials slam Biden after he said Russia could get away with a minor incursion. He didn't exactly say that. Biden said, you know, Russia, we, we will have a swift response if he invades, but it depends on what he does. If it's just a minor incursion, then we'll have a discussion about what the response will be. But if Russia does what Russia is capable of, they will face swift consequences. It wasn't as overt as him saying, I don't care if Russia invades. But he did basically say, hey, there could be a minor incursion. We might not know how we're going to respond. And I'm just like, Ugh, I don't want there to be war. I think he does. And so what I see in this is, Joe Biden could have could have said, we will work with our allies. We will not stand idly by if Russia decides to be the aggressor in this instance. We have concerns about Russia staging a false flag to invade Ukraine, and we will not tolerate war in the region. Strong words. Better than being like Russia could invade. Here's what happens. Russia invades. Then Biden goes, oh, gee, oh, harumph. Now we've got to go to war in Ukraine. And that's what they want. I do believe it's fair to say it's a rock in a hard place. If Biden does nothing, Russia invades. If Biden pushes too, too hard, Russia invades. If Biden welcomes Russia, they invade. So I'm not going to blame Biden for everything. I don't have Biden derangement syndrome. I have, I have a, a truth in media syndrome. I pay attention to what Joe Biden says, and I think you got to call it out. I pay attention to what Democrats do, and you got to call it out. I have no problem saying there are some things in their Freedom to Vote Act that are, that are good. Because I'm not going to sit here and go, it's all bad, everything Democrats do. No, there's some good things in it. But I, I despise the media to say it's a voter rights bill. I don't like the Democrats pushing this bill forward because I think it erodes our system. And it's an attempt to slowly nationalize elections, which are supposed to be held at the state level. I think the Democrats are doing wrong. And I think Joe Biden is not capable to be the leader of this country. And there it is. Joe Biden getting away with what Donald Trump could not get away with because the media protects him. Even when they criticize him, they give him a pass on so much. I'm not here for it, but I'll leave it there. The next segment will be coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. You're not going to want to miss this one, so check it out. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. The Democrats have been defeated. 
Biden says he is profoundly disappointed after Senate Dems, Manchin and Sinema joined Republicans in killing off his voting rights bill by voting 52 to 48 to keep the filibuster. I'm really I'm really frustrated. I'm really angry. And I'm going to refrain from raising my voice, at least for now. And maybe it will escalate voting rights. Oh, I love that scumbaggery from these duplicitous, disgusting people. You see, I'm trying to refrain from escalating, raising my voice. There's no voting rights bill. There is just erosion of the system. It is just stripping and gutting it for power because these pieces of trash like Schumer, Biden, Pelosi, the establishment Democrats seek to extract as much value from the system as they burn it to the ground and feed your children into the grinder. The level of disdain that I have for this people cannot be expressed in words. We would need to create a new word so that you can understand the, the disgust I feel towards these people. You look in the media. What do they say? The Democrats voting rights bill. Voting rights. No, what we have here is the Democrats desperate to change the rules because they're losing. You know, it's funny about all this. Michael Malice posted this, this video clip of Chuck Schumer. You know, he's a Democrat guy. And he's he's talking about, uh, this is a while ago, I think it was like 10 years ago, that the Republicans want to change the rules midstream to turn this country into a banana republic. Yeah, they did. Yeah, because Republicans are also trash. There's going to be revolutionary change in this country, one way or another. I, I hope everything remains peaceful. I hope it's just uh, uh, through reforms that these changes come about. But I, I feel like we are on the verge of a mass implosion. There is no way to rectify what this country is experiencing. And it is, to a certain degree, the Internet's fault. Or maybe it is a benefit to us. That the Internet has allowed us to speak up and challenge these systems. You see, it's really easy to maintain a system when control of a message or information is restricted to a small few. 50 years ago. Not even 50 years ago, I mean even 30 years ago. Almost all information was going through a small handful of channels. And so it was very easy to make sure that everybody was falling in line with the narrative. You'd often get Republicans saying, I, I object to this change. And then four years later, the Democrats going, I object to this change. And just saying the exact opposite of each other. But you know, when the media controlled the narrative, it was easy to keep people hypnotized. Now it's really easy for communities to form, to share ideas, to maintain their values in the face of a shifting mass uh, mainstream. So the other day we were talking with Jason Miller, the CEO of Getter, and he was talking about his rules in free speech. And we discussed uh, an, ind an individual by the name of Nick Fuentes who had been banned from Getter. And it's funny because I'm reading the story about Biden and the filibuster, and it all really does come together. Seeing the, the, the past, seeing the fracturing, seeing the chaos, seeing the anger. We're tired of the rules being make-believe. We just want to know what we are and aren't supposed to do. So we can say, okay, when it comes to what you expect, we can, we can function properly and we know what to expect. People want some kind of stability. And so we're, we're, we're talking with the, uh, uh, the guy from Getter. And he said that, uh, you know, Nick Fuentes was banned 
because he was recruiting grapers and, and whatever. You know, some people I've seen the comments, they're like, Tim certainly must know who Nick Fund is. I know who he is. I don't know much about his political positions. I don't watch his content. I just don't know. And the media and, you know, the ADL and a bunch of other organizations have accused him of the worst things. And the problem is I don't trust the media. That's not I, I, so I'm not going to sit here and, and defend the guy in terms of his opinions or anything, because I don't know what his opinions are. I don't watch his content. But uh, I do know the media lies, and I do know that I'm sick and tired of believing their garbage. But, but let, me, let me get to the point why I bring him up. When the media was controlled, stories like this, the filibuster, Democrats, and voting rights, it would fly. It would fly. It would fly. Everybody would believe it. They'd repeat it. And to a certain degree, they still do. The moral foundations of the United States would change rapidly when the establishment powers decided they should change. So what happens is you get a corporate mandate. You have three channels, right? And they all basically say, war good. War is really good. And then along comes a guy who's like, I think war is bad. You know what they do? We're not going to have you on the show. Sorry. We don't want people to hear your thoughts. And so this individual who challenges the war would then have to go out with a sign and stand in a, a university, you know, park or something and hold the sign and, and yell. And some of these people could gain influence. But the gatekeepers of the establishment press would just keep out any dissenting voice. And thus, if there was a collective decision or a rapid moral change you know, the system decides some some moral issue is now uh, un- not allowed. Then all of a sudden, the establishment press stops promoting it. And the narrative immediately becomes, OK, we've decided that X is bad. No longer host or prop up anybody who believes X. And then the United States changes. There are many things for, from, say, 100 years ago that no one in this country would do. Uh, offensive jokes or statements or behaviors. Unless, of course, they're, they're joking about the behavior, like ironically. But for the most part, society shifts. When the people who have a certain moral idea are excised from society because they can no longer participate or speak out, those ideas go with them. Which brings me to the uh, Getter. The Getter CEO was saying that, you know, they ban hate speech. You, you're not allowed to be hateful. And I'm like, you have the same rules as Twitter. And the CEO is like, but, but you can talk about vaccines. And I'm like, okay, that is good, I guess. You can talk about science. But it just sounds like it's only a matter of time before you do the same thing that Twitter did. And so I bring this up in this context because what we're seeing now is on the Daily Mail and a bunch of other sites, uh, let, let, me, let me pull this one up, CNBC, Senate Republicans block voting rights bills, join with two Democrats to prevent filibuster change. I started thinking about phrasing, media manipulation, especially in the context of the discussion we had last night. If Getter is supposed to be this free speech alternative to Twitter, but they have the exact same rules as Twitter, except no editorializing. I'm like, we're watching the establishment try to drag people away from certain moral ideas by force. And it's interesting you know, uh, I, I can't speak for, for Fuentes. I don't, I don't, I don't, again, like I know I'm familiar, I'm familiar with who he is. I know he's been banned and censored. Don't watch his stuff. So I don't, you know, some people have said that he's just a uh, America first nationalist. Uh, the left accuses him of being alt-right or whatever. I don't believe the left and I don't believe the media. So I, I just, you know, I don't know, but I can see when, when, when America first groups, MAGA Trump supporting groups come out and say, 
we want, you know, America first. They get smeared in the, in the media. They get accused of being alt-right. I mean, people trying to accuse me of being far-right and stuff, they, they can't really get to the alt-right thing because it's stupid and makes no sense. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to excise people of certain moral beliefs. So nationalism, they are trying to excise from the system. The reason why I bring this up just is because I'm reading the news about what the Democrats are trying to do, and they call it a voting rights bill. And this is exactly my point. When the establishment narrative says we've decided this phrase is positive and this phrase is negative, that's when you get forced moral shifting in this country. Now, maybe it's a good thing. I don't know, in the long term, philosophically, that we excise bad ideas, or maybe it's just individuals who think their morals are better than someone else's. But we know where that leads to throughout history. Any one group getting getting a, a, a monopoly on morality, it typically leads to authoritarianism. And so there needs to be a debate and a diversity of opinions. This is what the game is. What the Democrats are proposing is not a voting rights bill. It is, a, it is voting security uh, uh, excision. They are removing security from the electoral process. They are dramatically expanding the insecurities. And they say it's a voting rights bill, which is complete BS. Because 2020 was the, uh, was the, was the freest and fairest election we've ever had. The most secure, they said. Really? And so now their goal is to strip away that security. It's all about narrative. And this is why, uh, uh, you know, I, well, let me show you this video. I, I, I keep saying this. This is why, I, you know, I want to talk about Getter. What, what, what it is, people are just tired of being lied to. And because of the lies and the manipulations, the system is going to be gutted. Senate Republican Communications Center, January 10th. Senator Schumer once said nuking the filibuster would, quote, turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. Make this country into a banana republic, a doomsday for democracy. Now he wants to trigger that doomsday himself. Yes, I, I think this is around 10 years ago. Schumer wanted the filibuster. Okay. The filibuster is basically a way for people to to force a, a stopping a stoppage in the in the congressional process, and it, it makes sense for for uh, often the rule has been in the past that you can talk as long as you want, and so there's been people who have talked for like 12 hours straight, crazy, so that there was no time to hold the vote and the session would end and then it would be done. I guess what happened is the Democrats and the Republicans were like, okay, well, that's dumb because then people just waste time. How about we just say you need 60 votes? Makes sense, right? I think it's a good thing. If uh, the, the, there's a 50-50 Senate, not, neither side should just be deciding what the rules are. There should be a, a supermajority. Chuck Schumer, he says this. Michael Malice tweets, when I am weaker than you, I ask you for freedom because that is according to your principles. When I am stronger than you, I take away your freedom because that is according to my principles. Quote from Frank Herbert. Malice says, let's also leave aside the insanity that having a 50-50 Senate means you have a mandate for complete legislative control. Before the, the uh, internet, regular people would see this and that would be the only thing fresh in their minds. But now with the internet, we can actually see the lies and the manipulation of these evil pieces of human waste. Chuck Schumer, vote him out, primary him, 
Get rid of the guy. He should not be in Congress. He should be retiring peacefully, sitting in his little wheelchair in his sunroom with a smile on his face, drinking his martini. Congratulations. You lived a life. Now we want you to just go away. We can see the lies. We can see the manipulations. And we can see the attempts at controlling the narrative. And it's not working. So stop. They don't do it. They're too stupid. Well, I tell you this, man, I am really excited for the next 10 years. You know why? I'm 35. I'm going to be 36 in two months. Woof. Can you believe it? Wow. In terms of average life expectancy, my life is half over. It's crazy, huh? But in the next 10 years, people in our age group who are familiar with the internet, who are sick of the manipulations, will be aging into the workforce. Gen Z will be doing the same thing. I'm optimistic that these scumbags are going to get kicked right out. Now, of course, you'll still end up with other progressive manipulative scumbags. And so, sure, it's not all good. But I kind of feel like with the Internet and those born of the Internet, raised, uh, raised by it or through it, there's going to be a difference in the scumbaggery. It's, it's not going to be all good. But there's going to be harder conversations about how we solve these problems, how we move forward. And suffice it to say... I believe revolutionary change is coming to this country. I don't know. I don't know what it'll look like. The left claims it will be fascism. What? American nationalism? I don't know. Whatever. The right thinks it'll be communism. Yeah. Sounds awful. I don't know. One of the two, maybe, but probably not fascism, to be completely honest. I think it's possible there could be authoritarianism in general, but I view that as more coming from the left. Certainly, you have really awful people in the Republican Party, but for the most part, what are they doing, right? Right now, you've got websites like Gab. You do, you know, Getter for all of their faults that we, we brought up, and you had, uh, I think Parler still exists, but geez, talk about this weird landscape of, you know, alternate digital ecosystems. This, the, these, these platforms are allowing communi communities to persist. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So here's what happens. In the 1950s, there are people who are racist. And the media and the establishment decide they're not going to support that. They're going to start moving towards civil rights. Of course, there is a resistance to this. But because the media is homogenized, eventually it just becomes, this is the moral standard we abide by. That's what they're doing now with terms of service. And they're trying to do it through the Google Play Store. In my opinion, the reason Getter bans Nick Fuentes and the reason Getter has the same rules as Twitter, except for like editorialization, is that Google Play and the Apple Store require it. And if you want to get access to those platforms where people download, download apps, you got to play ball. Thus, we have a centralized hub of power determining what morals should be. In the past, you had no recourse. Sure, you could have your little group of meetings, but eventually your ideas die off. Today, Getter, Gab, Parler, Minds, whatever, exist. And so these groups of dissident moral opinion even really awful ones, have a space to coordinate and recruit and grow. 
And that's fascinating. That's what uh, Jason Miller said to us. He said he didn't want Getter to be the OK Cupid for white nationalism, which I just I just felt like his responses were all just uh, you, you, pro- you. If you saw the episode, you saw what I said. B.S. I certainly think Getter is still good, a positive. If you're basically cloning Twitter, but saying we're going to allow you to praise Donald Trump. It's like, all right, you know, it's better than nothing. At least there's some contrast in the moral uh, uh, um mandate from, you know, these despots. But with Gab existing and people being able to use these platforms and communicate and grow, you're not going to be able to excise these opinions. And thus, there will not be a moral homogenization. This country will not, it's not going to shift the way it has in the past. But if there are still factions that try to homogenize morality, it'll just pull different groups apart. The media calling it voting rights. Sounds to me like the moral imperative from these uh, organizations is, to put it simply, to erode and destroy voting, our electoral systems in this country. Republicans are involved in it, the same as Democrats. If it weren't for the internet, we wouldn't know about it. You would just see the news that the Republicans are so evil and they're trying to do away with voting rights. And of course, Republicans are just effectively the roadblock for Democrats as they destroy everything and burn this country to the ground. As both parties are in favor of opening our borders, except for the American, uh, the, the America First nationalist type Republicans, they're both in favor of destroying the borders. They're both in favor of non-citizens voting. Now, I know there are some Republicans who are like, we shouldn't allow this, but we will absolutely do nothing to stop it. And the Democrats are completely in favor of non-citizens voting. So if you wait 20 years and go down this path, what happens? The country gets ripped to shreds. People who aren't citizens come in and vote to strip away the rights of the people who do live here. And the United States crumbles. So people tell me I'm pessimistic for bringing that up. What do you think? You think that a voting rights bill is not going to result in that? Look, they lost. The Democrats lost. Why? Because the Internet is allowing the, the current status quo and, uh, cer- and certain uh, moral groups to retain their power. And I don't mean racists. I mean, you've got the Democratic Party and wokeism. And the woke want to destroy this country and burn it to the ground. They say it all the time. They say it's an evil white supremacist country. You then have, you know, uh, further right individuals, ultra nationalist, ultra traditionalists, eh, a little out there. But then you also just have kind of like national uh, America first conservative types who are like, why wouldn't we support America? There's a powerful interest, uh, uh, a powerful push towards gutting and eroding the United States. We've heard it from powerful elites. They want international uh, internationalization, I suppose. It, I suppose you call it. You know, Alex Jones refers somewhat to global, similarly to globalism. But what what they they do want streamlined one world control. I'm not saying it's a grand conspiracy. I don't think there's an evil cabal of twelve people or you know an Illuminati family going. Nyah-h-h-h. I do think that birds of a feather flock together and that wealthy individuals are sitting there and that it's really simple. Bill Gates goes, we want to be able to sell IBM computers for free in China. And then someone from China says, we can make a lot of money if you do that. So they work out these trade agreements, but then they say, hold on, there's a problem. We can't send our factories from the U.S. over to China because the laws in the U.S., so they need to lobby to erode them. I just think for the most part, it's dominoes being knocked over. It's the direction that many of these people want to go. I personally don't have a problem with one world government within reason. What I mean, what I mean by that is 
The United States needs to retain its sovereignty, have its rules and laws, its rights protected. But what I mean by globalism is like an international court system for resolving issues as it pertains to trade and conflict war. We don't want war. So how about, you know, a world court says when there's a when there's a, a dispute over borders or resources, it results in a lawsuit. Hey, that'd be way better than war. War sucks. But the United States is the United States. And I think the best system we can have is international cooperation, but sovereignty of the nation. That means that people can choose to live in whatever area they think best suits them. Instead, we have these crackpots who want to just rip it all apart and just be like, everyone should be the same. And that's an authoritarian, uh, authoritarian uh, dystopian nightmare for, glo- for a one world government. No, 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 we, we, we don't want that. We can talk on the phone with our friends in Europe. We can sell goods, you know, with certain uh, restrictions between nations. But we need to protect the resources and rights of the individuals in the communities for which they live. Because of the Internet, we're able to retain the values of nationalism. I don't mean ultranationalism. I don't mean far right. I just mean, hey, America's not bad. You know, America's pretty good. Constitution, I dig it. That's it. We don't want our borders eroded. We don't want this country destroyed. But I'll tell you this, Democrats do, and Republicans are more than happy to sit back and watch as it happens. It's because of the internet that we can challenge this. It's because of even YouTube, as bad as it's getting, that I can tell you the Democrats are not pushing for voting rights. That's a lie. They're lying to you. I don't care about, you know, for the most part, policy stuff. I care about whether or not they're being honest. But what we get from the media, what we get from the Democrats is lies and manipulation. And what we get from Getter when it comes to people like Fuentes, in my opinion, is the same garbage. I do not believe they had any legitimate reason for banning Nick Fuentes other than he's persona non grata. I know he's been banned from a lot of places, and thus Getter just said, meh, nuke him. Well, I don't want to live in a world where someone who didn't break the rules is banned simply because you don't like who they are and they have bad opinions. I, 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 I won't speak to Fuentes because I don't know his opinions. But I will tell you, the alt-right are awful. They have garbage opinions. I think they're trash. I would vote against them. I would advocate against them. And I want to make sure everybody understands. But let me just explain. In the modern era of the internet, you do not win the moral argument by lying, cheating, and stealing because people can go to any other platform and have have communication with others who are like-minded and say to themselves, here's proof this person is lying, cheating, and stealing. Now, if I can show what they say and be honest about it and make a good moral argument, I will win. But the morons and the evil crackpot pieces of garbage like Chuck Schumer are too stupid. I can't stand any of these establishment shill pieces of trash. I'll leave it there, man. You get the point. They try to change the narrative so they can strip your rights from you and gain power. Don't let them. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all then. The UK has announced they will be ending their COVID restrictions. The BBC reports face mask rules and COVID passes to end in England. And unsurprisingly, the vaxxed are upset. Now, there are some people that are very pro-mandate, very pro-authoritarian, and they seem to be upset because, well, think about the poor unvaxxed and unboosted who will be sick now and our hospitals will be overloaded and... That's not your concern or responsibility. Now, look, far be it from me to tell people living in, in, in another country how to live their lives. But I'll just speak from, from an American perspective. The problem I have with the vaccine mandates is that someone else's personal health decisions are none of your business. 
mind your own effing business and shut your mouth. But I'll tell you this. Some of these people are pissed because they're losing their special privileges. Well, they were told over and over again by the machine, if you bend the knee and fillet the state, we'll give you back your precious bars and restaurants. And they said, "Okay, please, I'm such a pathetic loser that I won't stand up for myself. Well, now it's over. And the people who stood firm and said, this is not right, it's unjust, they've won. So naturally, there are people who are angry about it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that there's overwhelming evidence that everyone's freaking out. I got I, I to gotta be honest. I think most people just don't care. You know what I mean by that is a lot of people got vaccinated because their doctors advised them to. And that's it. And they're fine. And now the passes are ending and they're not going to think twice about it. But then you have the political fray where there are some people who are like, why did I do all of this? N- don't make them right. Oh, yeah, the anti-vaxxers. The people who said no to this, who refused to abide by the state, are being proven right. Let me read this for you. And then I want to show you the response from some people, presumably in the UK. And and we have another post from Reddit where someone talks about how in Turkey, people are livid after they're removing the restrictions because, well, they all did as they were told. But now everyone else who didn't, they get their rights and freedoms back should show you who the crackpot despots are who the authoritarian, dangerous, and evil people are. The BBC reports, England's Plan B measures are to end from next Thursday with mandatory face coverings in public places, and COVID passports both dropped, Boris Johnson announced. The prime minister also said the government would immediately drop its advice for people to work from home. I mean, this is crazy. The PM said England was reverting to Plan A due to boosters and how people had followed Plan B measures. He told MPs, scientists, uh, he told MPs, scientists believe the Omicron wave had peaked nationally. At a Downing Street press conference, House Secretary Sajid Javid said, this is a moment we can all be proud of. It's a reminder of what this country can accomplish when we all work together. Interesting, isn't it? Now they're ending all the restrictions. You don't need your COVID passport anymore. Hey, major victory. Good for you guys in the UK. But he said this should not be seen as the finish line. Because the virus and future variants cannot be eradicated. Instead, we must learn to live with COVID in the same way we live with the flu. It's weird how they're now saying things at a government level that people were saying a year and a half ago, but sure. He urged people to continue taking steps to keep the virus at bay, including hand washing, ventilating rooms, and self-isolating if positive, and pressed those who were unvaccinated to come forward to get their jabs. I love how they call it a jab, like it's a hit, like it's striking you. Call it a vaccine, whatever, I don't know. Earlier in a statement to MPs in the House of Commons, the prime minister said mandatory COVID passports for entering nightclubs and large events would end. The organizations could choose to use the NHS COVID pass if they wished. People would no longer be advised to work from home and should discuss their return to offices with employers. Face masks will no longer be mandated, though people are still advised to wear coverings in enclosed or crowded spaces and when meeting strangers. From Thursday, secondary school pupils will no longer have to wear face masks in classrooms and government guidance on their use in communal areas would be short would be removed shortly. Further announcements on the easing of travel rules and restrictions on care uh, uh, home visits in England are expected in the coming days, Boris Johnson said. The prime minister also said the government intended to end the legal requirement for people who test positive for COVID to self-isolate and replace it with advice and guidance. The current regulations 
around self-isolation expire on March 24th. Mr. Johnson said he expected not to renew them and suggested that date could be brought forward if the data allows. Citing the latest infection study by the Office for National Statistics, Mr. Johnson said the data showed that infection levels were falling in England. He also said hospital admissions had stabilized and scientists believed it is likely that the Omicron wave has now peaked nationally. However, he said he did expect cases to continue rising in primary schools and pointed to significant pressures on the NHS in Northeast and Northwest England. Looking ahead, Mr. Johnson said the government would set out its long-term strategy for living with COVID. He urged people to remain cautious during the last weeks of winter, as there were still significant pressures on the NHS and the pandemic was not over. In response, Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer said he would he would he, he would back lifting Plan B measures as long as the science says it's safe and accused the prime minister of being too distracted to have a robust plan to live well with COVID. Blah, blah, blah. It's all stupid if you ask me. But I'll tell you what it says to me here in the United States. You got to weather the storm, I suppose. Stand up for what you believe in. Refuse to back down. Make sure you're taking sound medical advice based on uh, legitimate research. And then eventually this will all be over. I don't think the vaccine mandates are going to stick. I don't think people will abide by them. I don't think the social credit scores will work. I think we are going to win this one. And we see it happening across the board. I bring you now, my friends, to Reddit. This is Reddit's r slash United Kingdom, a subreddit that is for people who live or like the UK. In this post, work from home advice ends and face coverings no longer mandatory in classrooms in England. Just one portion of the end of the mandates. And the opinion of the individuals in this subreddit is, well, they're not happy. Take a look at this. One person said, Operation Save Boris's job in full swing at the expense of the vulnerable, I see. To be slightly fair, though, the government has taken risks like this before during the pandemic and they've paid off. So we'll have to see how the numbers look in a couple weeks. Someone said, he's talking out of his arse, frankly. The ratio of new cases to hospitalizations is far lower than when Delta was predominant. And numbers in ICU have been dropping even as Omicron has taken hold. Plus, case numbers peaked a week or so ago and have been dropping of their own accord. Honestly, if this guy thinks now is too early, then I'm not sure how long you would expect it to wait before he thinks it's all clear. So you do have some people, absolutely, that are starting to push back on this. I think the reality is many people are upset with the lockdowns. And there's an opportunity in the UK to be anti-Boris Johnson because of the lockdowns. And now, strangely, it's an inversion, right? But take a look at this one. This is a pretty big gamble. I think public perception is that these measures have been rushed forward to distract from certain other stories. So blame really will fall on the Tories if this backfires and we see rising cases. I don't know the truth of this. Omicron does look to be on the wane. Thank F. But I worry it's a little premature to be effectively giving the all clear signal. Call me a doomsayer, but I have preferred a more cautious approach given that we've been down this road before. Even if the same actions were taken, more reserved wording might have sufficed. Things can, ju- can, can just escalate so quickly. <clears throat> As a longtime Redditor, I'm appalled by this move. There are still many unvaccinated without boosters. Furthermore, we should be looking to Israel to see whether a fourth dose is needed. As long as they're doing so very well, we should recruit more COVID marshals and bring in passports. I simply do not feel safe going out at the moment. This moment in time, people are so selfish. How dare they? Is this a joke? Even more reason for me to wear a mask since no one else will be. 
Certainly some people are pushing back. That's why I said, I don't want to make it seem like it's everyone just freaking out, but there are people who are angry. And I think it's fair to point out. So you want to look to Israel? All right, let's look to Israel. Let's pull up the times of Israel. Finance minister calls for cancellation of COVID vaccine green pass. January 18th, my friends. I'll just say it again. Resist and you'll win. And let this be a message to every single person who dropped to their knees. Don't you feel silly? Those who stood up and said no and even had the gall to boo Trump to his face. Because it's not a cult. Even the people who really like Trump booed him when he talked about boosters, him and Bill O'Reilly, and on more than one occasion. Now, look, I, I don't got any issue with the vaccines. I mean, certainly there are questions. Certainly there's issues with policy. I, I tell you this, you, you, should, you should do your research. You should talk to a trusted medical professional. And to all these morons who are like, you can't do research. There's one meme on the left where they're like, whenever someone says I did my own research, I say, oh, at which lab? At which lab? Bro, when I get handed a medication from a doctor, I Google it. I look up the side effects. Like, that's doing research. No one's trying to claim to you they did a thousand person double blind test, you know, control group. They're saying... I looked into the manufacturing. I looked into the side effects. I looked at the FDA insert to read what the government was advising. That's all research. But these people, they just want to march in lockstep with the machine. They want to be good little lemmings bowing to the state. Times of Israel says, Finance Minister Avigdor Lieberman calls for an end to the widespread usage of the Green Pass proof of COVID vaccination to enter certain locations. Quote, there is no medical or epidemiological logic for the Green Pass. Many experts agree. There is, however, direct harm to the economy, the daily operations, and not an, and a not insignificant contribution to daily panic among the public. Lieberman says he is working with all of the authorities in order to get rid of the Green Pass and maintain a normal life routine for all of us. Currently, to, admittance to many public and private facilities requires a Green Pass vaccination card, which is only valid following a booster shot or within six months of a second dose. Initial data shows the current widespread Omicron variant is able to bypass the vaccine in many cases. There's your story. So to the scared fellow in the UK who says, maybe we need a fourth booster, we should look to Israel. I love how he said they're doing great. Israel's not doing great. Are you nuts? But either way, they're coming out and saying, we shouldn't do this. We, we got to end this. And I agree. It's not the way forward. And if you continue to push the authoritarianism, authoritarianism, you will destabilize the entirety of the system. And it's only a matter of time before people just scream, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And then the system breaks apart. Take a look at this post from Reddit, r slash conspiracy. Look, take all these Reddit posts with a grain of salt, to be completely honest. This person wrote, all mandates are removed. Vaxxed are furious not because of health concerns, but because they lost their privileges. So in my country, all mandates are removed last week. I see almost all vexed are furious, not because they feel deceived, not because they are worried about their health. They are furious because they were able to play the elites for a couple of months and a jab made it possible for them. The majority took the vax only to travel, to go to cafes, to the cinema, to the gym, the mall. They were too afraid to actually fight for something. They chose to play the elite role the government allowed them in exchange for their character. 
ability to think and decide for themselves, their bodies, and most importantly, their health. They are furious because those privileges are taken away now. How can they go to the same places the unvaxxed are allowed? They took a vax to do that. They were promised. They're not concerned about their health. They want the feeling of being superior back. Ah, what a time we are living in. Edit, country is Turkey. And sure enough, at least a a few different sources. This one is Daily Sabah. I'm not familiar with this source. Turkey scraps PCR test for unvaccinated as COVID-19 cases fall. I've not, uh, I've looked at a few major Turkish sources, but I'm not Turkish. So again, take it with a grain of salt. But I'll tell you what, this, uh, it does align with what we've seen. Maybe it's confirmation bias, or maybe it's true and it makes sense that it's true. Take a look at when they say vaccine mandates work. I've talked about this on the Timcast IRL show. What does it mean that vaccine mandates work? Does it mean that everyone will get vaccinated and thus we will end the pandemic? No, that's not what it means. When the left says the vaccine mandates work, they mean it forces people to undergo a medical procedure. What happens after that? Don't know, don't care. Because at a time when New York is, is, is experiencing a massive surge in cases, and we're dealing with a record surge in cases in the U.S. What do we hear? Just get your vaccine. And you know what? The mandates work. Well, what's the goal of the mandate? So that everyone gets vaccinated? Okay, honest question. What's the goal of the vaccine? Look, if, I, I'll say it again. If you have a doctor who knows your medical history and they give you advice on this stuff, ask them all the questions in the world. If they don't give you an, ad, an adequate answer, just make sure you contact another doctor that probably knows. That the left calls it, you know, what do they call it? Doctor shopping. And I'm like, what? Like, do I call the first plumber? And just like when he, when he doesn't know what he's doing, just be like, meh, well, that's plumbing. No, I go shopping for a better plumber. I mean, take your health seriously. Find someone who's going to be able to explain to you the studies. Find a doctor who's going to say, here's what we're concerned about. Here's what we're not concerned about. And here's why we recommend this, that, or otherwise to you. But these people... When they say the vaccine mandates work, they're basically saying they're forcing people to undergo a procedure, sometimes in a 7-Eleven parking lot or something like that, or in front of a bar or in exchange for free donuts, without consulting their medical professional. This is what I can't stand about the hypocrisy of YouTube. YouTube says, like, you can't say this, that, or otherwise. They say you can't discourage people from uh, talking to medical professionals. And, and, And my honest opinion is, why would you? That's dumb. I don't want any liability for giving medical advice. No, you should talk to a doctor. But hold on there a minute. Dr. Fauci, does he count? I mean, he's not practicing medicine, so he probably shouldn't, right? But okay, you say, but he is a doctor. Okay. How about Bill Gates? He's allowed to say whatever he wants. They can put up every single video from this guy who's not a doctor on giving medical advice. When they tell you to go to a parking lot, they are telling you not to talk to your doctor. And it's the weirdest thing because I've argued with people about this and I can't stand it. I can't stand the lies and the double standards. There was that moment where I tweeted to Casey Neistat. I like Casey. You know, I've I've met him and hung out with him on on a few occasions. We're uh, uh, friendly. We're not friends. We don't hang out or anything like that. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but there was a period where, you know, I'd hit him up and we've traveled to a couple places together. And uh, he tweeted that, um, he said, go get vaccinated. And I said, no, go talk to a doctor. Because you shouldn't be getting your medical advice on what you should be doing with your body from a YouTuber, be it me, Casey and I said, or otherwise. And he said, I didn't. What? Yeah. 
He was like, I just pulled up in a parking lot, waited for 45 minutes and stuck my arm out the window. And I'm like, bro, are you seriously telling people not to go to their doctor? That's where we're at in this country, that the left can go on TV and go on social media and actually encourage people not to speak with their doctors. And when I just say, no, you should go talk to a doctor, they get mad at me. The response people are like, what's the point of going to the doctor? He's just going to tell you to do it anyway, just to get the vaccine. And I'm like, okay, then why are you mad? I don't get it. Because the reality is they don't want you going to your doctor. Because the reality is maybe you have a family medical history and the doctor is going to be like, we don't think you're a candidate for the vaccine at this time. That's why you should go to a doctor. Because we have people like Pete Parada of The Offspring, the drummer. And my understanding is he went to a doctor and they said, we do not think you are a good candidate for the vaccine. We're sorry to say. And it put him in a difficult position. What if Pete Instead of going to the doctor and being told you have a serious underlying medical condition, he just pulled up in a parking lot and believed Don Lemon. He could have been seriously hurt. That's insane. The vaccine mandates work. No, it doesn't. No, they don't. But this is the point. When you see stories like this, I don't know if r slash conspiracy is correct and whoever this user is in this post. But when I hear that people are angry because they wanted people, they, they were privileged. They were the good, virtuous individuals who got vaccinated and they were allowed to go to the store. Now that the unvaxxed are being allowed, it makes them feel like it was all for nothing. Like, what, what do we do it for? We, we were supposed to be the special. We were the ones who did everything we're told by the good nanny state. We dropped to our knees and filleted the state and they still just gave it away. Man, must be painful for you to hear, you know? These people who are getting their kids vaccinated, um, if it's if it's from, you know, medical advice that you think makes sense, I got no issue. If you went and did it because your the school forced you to do it, congratulations. In a few months, they'll get rid of all of this and you'll have done it all for nothing. That's the trick. Joe Biden wants the vax mandate because he knows people will just go and do it. Because in that sense, they say that the mandates work. Yeah, I guess technically that's true based on their perspective. When Joe Biden mandated private businesses, he didn't really do it. He actually held a press conference. Any private business with 100 or more employees would be forced to would be required to enforce a vaccine mandate. A bunch of companies just went, oh, no, oh, geez, the president said it, even though there was no executive order. And then when he finally files it, goes to the court, Supreme Court, Supreme Court says, nah, you can't do that. Some of these companies use it as cover and they're saying, nah, we're still going to enforce it. But many just said, OK, we're backing down. But guess what? As soon as those companies enforced it, even though there was no law, people did it. And they said, I have no choice. You know, so I just want to say to people, because they say to me all the time, we can't quit our jobs, Tim. You're, you're, you don't understand. You're privileged, blah, blah, blah. Yo, if you are not concerned about the vaccine and or, or not concerned enough to quit your job, I got no beef. Keep your job. I don't care. I'm not telling you. That. I'm saying the people who are saying they refuse but then don't actually refuse. I'm saying you should quit your job. Because let me make it clear. If you would be willing to accept a permanent medical procedure injection into your body in exchange for your job, which will be temporary, maybe it'll maybe for some of you it's a longer career, maybe some for some of you it's not. We can see where your priorities priorities are. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene may have said, I think it was her, over my dead body or something like that, and I'm like she won't wear a mask. She's racking up fines. She didn't care because that's principle. 
So I'll say this. If you say you oppose the vaccine mandates, but then agree to them and keep working your job, what you're saying is that you don't oppose them enough to quit your job. That's all you're saying. I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong. I'm just saying there you go. It's, it's, it's good that people realize that because not everybody cares to the same degree as everybody else. And some people are willing to quit their jobs. Well, that's on them. I think it's entirely likely that in the U.S. and moving forward, all of this is going to get ripped away because we're seeing it now across the board in a bunch of different countries. And then those mandate people are going to look real dumb, aren't they? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up to, uh, at later at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.